You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from our guest speaker. Hi, church. My name is Ella Hollingsworth, and like Josh said, I have been a part of this ministry for the last eight years. I attended Applied Life Leaders Academy, our internship here at the church, back in 2014 and have stayed here ever since. I am the office manager of Christian Ministries Academy, our private school. Yes, little plug for the school. It's awesome. Um, I've been a part of the school for just as long as I've been here. And I am truly honored to get to speak to you tonight, to, to share with my church and my church body, the people who have helped me become the woman that I am today, um, is because of this church. And so I'm so excited. Um, just to give you a little bit of backstory about me, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I grew up in a Christian home um, where my parents taught me to love the Lord with all of my heart. But it wasn't until I was about 19 years old when I truly gave my whole life to the Lord, when my faith really became my own, and it wasn't just my parents' faith. Um, And through the last several years of me walking out my faith, I have had high mountaintop experiences, but I've also had low valley experiences with the Lord. And tonight, I want to come to you with an authentic look into what it's like for me to serve the Lord through those hard moments and through those great moments with Jesus. Um, I am really blessed to get to share with you. Um, I've gotten to share with our youth group many times and also our CMH, at our CMA chapels with our students. And so this really is um, such a special thing to me. What I want to share with you tonight, I have prayed that it speaks to your heart and takes you that much deeper into your relationship with Jesus. Um, I believe that from the people who are in here who have been serving the Lord for 40 years, all the way to the people in this room that maybe have been serving the Lord for a year, um, will be affected by this. I believe that what I have to tell you tonight, the Lord wants to pierce your heart and share something with you. Um, I want to speak to you tonight about your wounds and disappointments in life being healed by Jesus. Um, If you were to be abandoned on an island or shipwrecked, the first thing that would be essential for you to do would be to identify what wounds you have and how you're going to go about healing those, so for your survival. And so no matter what your age, your stage of life, or even your quality of life in this room, we all have been wounded in some way in our lives. Those could be self-inflicted wounds. Those could be wounds that you um, have brought onto yourself by the sins that you've lived in, um, by mistakes that maybe you have made. Those could be wounds that someone else has inflicted on you, Um, someone from your childhood, someone recently in your life, a friend, a coworker, um, a spouse even. Um, The wounds that you may have could just be from hard circumstances of life that we face, the storms that we face in life that just happen, and they're a part of this Christian walk. And so tonight, we're going to address those wounds. Um, The thing is, is if you are unwilling to identify your wounds, you are going to allow your wounds to fester and become infected. If you're afraid to deal with them and you push them aside, they naturally get worse. And so tonight, I encourage you to look into your heart, to look at those places. Um, And it may not just be you that's wounded. You may know someone who's been wounded. And hopefully this would be able to encourage that person. 
Our wounds can take many forms. They can be physical sickness. They can be insecurities, family struggles. Could be a divorce. Could be anger inside of you, apathy, pride. You could be going through financial struggles. All of these things. It could be um, a like we've talked about tonight as Josh prayed for Georgia. It could be actual COVID sickness. It could be things that you're walking through. Your wounds aren't necessarily just an emotional thing. It can also be physical things as well. We live in a culture that glorifies our wounds. We carry them around like a badge of honor. And the Lord doesn't, hasn't, he did not die on the cross for us to carry our wounds like a badge of honor and be the victim in every situation that we walk in. This was never his plan. Culture begs us to be the victim, but the Lord begs us to walk out of those wounds. It's easier to complain It's easier to post about our issues, our traumas. Um, It's easier to ignore our wounds than it is to actually get to the heart of them and deal with them. And And this mentality of this is just who I am, take it or leave it, this is what you got, is not a mentality that we need to walk in as the body of Christ. Um, I want to share with you about a woman in the Bible who did not allow her wounds to stop her from getting to the feet of Jesus. This woman is, you may know her as the woman with the issue of blood. And so I want us to turn to Mark chapter five and we're gonna start in verse 21. Okay, Jesus again crossed the other side of the Sea of Galilee in a boat. A large crowd gathered around him by the seashore. A synagogue leader named Jairus also arrived. When he saw Jesus, he quickly bowed down in front of him. He begged Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Come lay your hands on her so that she may get well and live. Jesus went with the man and a huge crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him on every side. In the crowd was a woman who had been suffering from chronic bleeding for 12 years. Although she had been under the care of many doctors and had spent all of her money, she had not been helped at all. Actually, she had become worse. Since she had heard about Jesus, she came from behind in the crowd and touched his clothes. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll get well. And her bleeding stopped immediately. She felt cured from her illness. And at that moment, Jesus felt power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples said, how can you ask who touched me when you see the crowd pressing in on you on all sides? But he kept looking around to see who the woman was and what she had done. The woman trembled with fear. She knew what had happened to her. And she quickly bowed in front of him and told him the whole truth. Jesus told her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your illness. In our lives, it is easy to allow ourselves to not deal with our wounds. But this woman, she was different. She had struggled with an illness for 12 years. And she would have been at this time rejected by culture. She would have been um, seen as dirty, seen as unclean. And many people wouldn't have wanted to be around her, wouldn't wanted to touch her in fear of themselves being unclean or becoming dirty themselves. And so for this woman to be willing to go to where Jesus was is a big deal. For her to go out into culture was a big deal. She, and she struggled with this for 12 years. And if we're honest with ourselves, at this point, many of us wouldn't, wouldn't have hope left 
if we've been dealing with something, a physical illness for 12 years, and you may be dealing with a physical illness, and you may have been dealing with it for that long, you might be right there with a loss of hope for your prayers tonight that you've prayed for to be answered for your, for your child, for a friend, for yourself, for things in your life that you've begged God for. And I encourage you to allow this woman's story to bring hope back into your heart. This woman tried to heal her wounds and sickness the logical way. She spent money, she went to the doctor, she put in the effort, but nothing was working. She did all the right things. She took care of herself, she went to the doctor, she went to all the right places in life, and we do that. We try to fill our wounds and our sicknesses with friends, with success, with money, with achievements, with hobbies, with relationships, and then even bad things like drugs and alcohol. And we take it and we pack it all in nice and tight so that way we don't have to feel the pain, we don't have to deal with the trauma, we don't have to do, deal with any of those things. We do it all the logical way so we don't have to go through it. But this woman, she knew that those things weren't working. Even going to the doctor, even doing the things that she thought were right wasn't working. It was, and nothing was working. So she became desperate. And that is when she heard about Jesus. And then she heard about Jesus. This woman was desperate for something. So this woman had to fight the crowd to the point of where she was on her knees crawling to touch the hem of his garment. And I don't know if you've been in a crowd where you're shoulder to shoulder with people, but for someone to get on their hands and knees, to go through, I mean, just imagine to climb their way through people, that's a big deal. That would be embarrassing. That would be scary. That shows such a desperation that she had to get close to the man that she knew could heal everything inside of her. She was desperate. And church, if we stay in a place of desperation for Jesus, we will never get over Jesus. This woman fought to get to, this, to his feet, but are we even willing to sit and pray for a few minutes a day to have our breakthrough? Are we willing to actually put ourselves at his feet for just a little while, or do we get distracted and spend our time doing other things because it doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to. The crowd is all the things in life that are getting in the way. Um, We're always gonna have things going on. You're always gonna have busyness. You're always gonna have the temptation of putting your hobbies first or different things before your healing or before you get to Jesus's feet. You're always gonna have that crowd. But this woman knew that the one thing that would set her free was getting to his feet. So she did everything she could to get to him. She did anything she could. And I wanna, I wanna point something out, and it's just kind of a side note to, um, to this one of the verses, and it's in verse 31 where it says, his, his disciples said to him, how can you ask who touched me when you see the crowd pressing in on you on all sides? And I wanna just say that there will be people in your life that may question and doubt the healing that you may have found. There may be people you encounter in life that once you have been set free of something, a trauma or something that you've gone through that may doubt the healing that's happened to you, but you can't let that stop you from getting to his feet. Chris Vallotton said once, before you fight Goliath, 
you will often have to fight your brothers. If you look back, if you remember David's story, he was anointed king, but his brothers came in and they still taunted him and and asked him, oh, you king, that's you. And then if you also look at Joseph, you can also see that in his life. He had all these dreams and all these aspirations and things that God was sharing with him. And yet all of his brothers, they sold him into slavery because they didn't believe the things that he was saying. So sometimes you have to fight for those dreams and those things that God has put on your heart that maybe other people may not understand. But the thing is, is your call in your life is not for everyone to understand. Everyone's not supposed to understand the things that God has whispered into your ear. And the thing is, church tonight, God wants to tell you things and come to you and tell you things that he's not telling other people. He wants to whisper truths into your ear and speak with you on a personal level. And he wants to come close to you. He wanted to be close to this woman. And there's a call that he is calling you to him. Knowing um, the nature of Jesus to slow down. And if you look through scripture, the way Jesus stops in the middle of the crowd, you know, even with this situation where he's on a mission, he's going somewhere, he's going to help Jarius, he's going to help this little girl who has died and he's on his way to do something, but he still stops. He still stops in the middle of the crowd to come close to this woman. And knowing the nature of Jesus, um, I can see Jesus climbing down to the ground where this woman is at, her, at his feet and right in the middle of the crowd, drawing down and drawing close to her because he gets down into our wounds. He comes down into our dysfunction. He comes down into our mess He's not afraid to come close to us because he loves to get down in the mess with us. But what I love most about Jesus is he doesn't leave her in the mess on the ground. He doesn't leave her in her wounds, in her dysfunction, in her pain. He doesn't say, good job. I'm so glad that you came close to me and that's all. That's all I'm gonna do with you. He loves to come close and he loves to heal and move forward. Psalms 116, one through two says, I am passionately in love with God because he listens to me. He hears my prayers and he answers them. As long as I live, I'll keep praying to him for he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. He wants to come close to you tonight. He wants to hear your voice tonight. He wants to see you. He wants to get close with you. He is hearing your heart's cry tonight, whether that's for you or for that's for someone else in your life. He doesn't leave us. He says in verse 34, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your illness. And no longer does this woman have to be known as the woman with the issue of blood. Now she is the woman who is healed. He doesn't leave you at being known by your issue. He takes you somewhere else and you are no longer known as that person. She is now the healed woman. She is now the woman who loves him and seeks out Jesus for the rest of her life. And he wants to do that in you tonight. He wants to do that in your life moving forward with new wounds and all the things and the issues that we have. He wants to break cycles. He wants to come low and he wants to get close and he doesn't wanna leave us just there. He wants to go closer and deeper to where we're not known by our issues anymore. There's another side to wounding 
that can hit a little bit harder. Um, And that facet of wounding that I want to talk about tonight is your wounds of disappointment. When your expectations in life aren't met. Lisa Turkhurst wrote in her book, um, it's not supposed to be this way. She's a Christian author for women. She wrote in her book and she said, we say we trust God, but behind the scenes, we work our fingers to the bone and our emotions into a tangled fray and try to control our outcomes. We praise God when our normal looks like what it should. We question God when it doesn't. And we walk away from him when we have a sinking suspicion that God is the one who set fire to the hope that was holding us together. And that's our disappointments. That's that's not just a wound, but it's it's when our expectations, when what we hoped for, kind of just don't measure up or don't happen the way we thought. And um, on a personal note, I met with a mentor um, a couple months back, and this is something that was very raw and vulnerable for me, um, about dealing with disappointments in God. Um, I was going through a time um, where I knew in my mind that Jesus was with me, and I knew that he had these great plans for me, and I spoke the scripture over myself, and I'm praying, and I'm believing, and all the things that I know I should be doing, and I knew how he felt about me but there was a disconnect from him and, it, and, it, and I wasn't drawing in close and there was a disappointment that I was walking through. And it was getting to the heart of my disappointment and confessing that I was actually able to begin healing those areas and those wounds that I was walking through. And it was then that I was able to see that even through that disappointment, when I vocalized that and I said, God, I'm disappointed in the way that my life has turned out, or God, I'm disappointed in what's happened so far. It was in vocalizing that, that God was able to show me that Jesus was walking alongside me in the storm all along, that he had been by me the whole time and that he hadn't left me to fend for myself. I felt like how the disciples did when they were on the sea and the storm and, Jesus, and, they, and the storm came and they were calling for Jesus and he was sleeping. And that's where I was in my life. In Luke 8, 24, it says, so the disciples woke Jesus up and said, master, master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? And with great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves and instantly they stopped and became smooth as glass. Jesus then asked, why are you fearful? Have you lost faith in me? The father is not afraid of your disappointment. He's not afraid of you vocalizing to him your doubts your frustrations, your disappointments in your life. He welcomes them with open arms. He welcomes your questions and he doesn't wanna leave you with unanswered questions. In this life, we will face storms, but we know the one who calms the storm. We know the one that walks with us in our disappointments. In our disappointments, in our wounds, we have to get to his feet. Disappointment isn't proof that God is withholding good things from you. Sometimes it's his way of leading you home. This holy God who created the whole universe wants to be close to us. This big God that created all the things in each of us uniquely wants to draw in close to you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to know about your life. He wants to come close. He wants to come low. And he wants to walk through what you're going through with you. 
He cares about you. He was so willing to be close to us that he sent his son right down into our humanity, right there with us. There's another woman in the, in the Bible that gets to Jesus' feet. And she is known as someone that anywhere, it says that any, in scripture that anywhere that the gospel is preached, she then will be mentioned. And so that is Mary, where she pours out her alabaster jar. And that is in Luke seven thirty six. And I'm gonna read to you about Mary. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and was eating at the table. A woman who lived a sinful life in that city found out that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she took a bottle of perfume and knelt at his feet. She was crying and washed his feet with her tears. Then she dried his feet with her hair, kissed them over and over again, and poured the perfume on them. The Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this and thought, if this man really were a prophet, he would know what sort of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus spoke up, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon replied, teacher, you're free to speak. So Jesus said, two men owned a money lender some money. One owed him 500 silver coins and the other owed him 50. When they couldn't pay it back, he was kind enough to cancel their debts. Now, who do you think will love him the most? Simon answered, I suppose the one who had the largest debt to cancel. Jesus said to him, you're right. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, you see this woman, don't you? I came into your house. You didn't wash my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You didn't kiss me, but ever since I came in, she has never stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put any olive oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on me. And that's why I'm telling you that her many sins have been forgiven. Her great love proves that, but whoever receives little forgiveness loves very little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins have been forgiven. And the other guests thought, who is this man who even forgives sin? This woman would have been rejected by anyone and everyone in culture. And she did not care. She was unashamed. She had no cares at all. She ran to that house and she poured out everything that she had on his feet. And Jesus doesn't just leave her there. He comes close in that. As she's pouring out her love all over Jesus's feet, I see Jesus again coming low and coming close to this woman and leaning into this woman and pouring his love back on her. And as he is pouring his love, or as she's pouring her love all over his feet, he then is able to pour all of his love back on her and it becomes a cycle. And that cycle that starts to happen in her life will then help to break cycles all around her. And as we as believers start to pour our love on Jesus's feet and his, he is pouring his love back on us, cycles start to happen in our life, start to break. Then we're able to affect net other people. Then we're able to affect the people in our homes. We're able to affect the people in our workplaces and our friendships because that love, it starts to overwhelm and, and come out and ooze out of us because we are coming close to his feet. It is coming close to his feet, church, is where we find 
our healing. It's where we find our joy, our love, our peace. When the world is falling apart, when things are hard, when financial struggles hit, when you're struggling, it's there that you're gonna find your peace. I am all for you coming to church and doing worship and coming and reading your Bible, but are you drawing close? Are you drawing close to him? Are you coming close in the secret place with him? Are you just doing it publicly? Because that's where you're gonna have breakthrough is in that secret place with Jesus. And he wants to heal you. He wants to come close to you. And you know what? You may be in a great place in your life. You may not need some supernatural healing from the Lord right now, but he still wants to take you deeper because there's new facets of him that we can't understand. There's new parts of him that he wants to take us deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what I love about God is it doesn't just stop at at just, okay, now I'm saved and that's it. No, he wants to go deeper. He wants to love you more. He wants to show you more of his love. And this woman did that. This woman was unashamed of who she was and she wanted to pour all of her love on him. She didn't care what anyone thought. And you know, I've had moments, these painful moments in life where Jesus has been the closest to me. And it's there as you lay there, as I've laid in my quiet place, where I've cried out to him, where I've cried out in my disappointment that he came close and he came low. He didn't leave me. He didn't make me wonder where he is. He came close to me and he wants to do that with you. He hears your prayers. Mary put her pain and her disappointment at his feet. And that was the only place that she was gonna find his, her healing. She continued to choose to place herself at, her, at his feet because before this, before she even poured out her alabaster jar on Jesus, we see her in Luke 10, 41, where she's sitting at the feet of Jesus when Mary and Martha are in their home and Martha's running around taking care of things. And there Mary sits and the Lord told Martha, because she was complaining, the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. It's in the last moments of Jesus's life that Mary actually got to pour out all the love that she had on his feet because she sat at his feet, because she chose to put herself at his feet. And he wants you to come to his feet tonight because he cares for you. We must come to a place of being unashamed and pour it all out on him. Another quote from Lisa Turker says, if we do not give ourselves permission to grieve, we inadvertently believe that God is more concerned with us immediately feeling better rather than working through the hurt to bring real transformation to our heart. We lose sight of the invitation he has given us to place our struggles at his feet. He wants to share your burdens with you. He wants to be close to you. If you take anything from this tonight, it's that he wants to come low and he wants to come close because he's crazy about you. As I close and I wrap this up, there was a, um, there's a woman preacher named Christine Kane 
And she told this story in a podcast once, and I think it relates really well. Um, She had gone skiing with her family, and she actually broke her leg. And they had to, like, air flight her out, and it was a big deal, and it was really painful. Um, And she ended up having to go through surgery and then go through um, therapy and all sorts of things so she'd be able to walk again. And she talks about this injury and says that the injury took one second to happen, but the recovery took months and months. The pain of recovery will sometimes outweigh the pain of the injury. And it is your choice if you allow him to place, if you allow him to come close into those, those painful places and do, a, and do a recovery on you. It's your choice if you allow him into the places of wounds and disappointments The degree to which you are willing to embrace the pain of recovery is the degree into which you will recover. We choose what we do with our wounds and our disappointments. And it's in the crushing where he creates something new. It's in that breaking that he's able to do a new thing inside of us. And sometimes those wounds and those disappointments look really daunting and not good to us, but sometimes they're the very thing that pushes us to get as close as we can to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, if she didn't have the issue of blood, I wonder if she would have come to the feet of Jesus. If Mary, if she hadn't have had all of these sins to be forgiven, I wonder if she would have come to the feet of Jesus. It was in those wounds It was in those disappointments that she came close to him, that both of them came close to him. Are you willing to come close to Jesus tonight? Are you willing to place those wounds and disappointments in his capable hands? He can take all the broken pieces and make something brand new. Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. It's in the crushing and the shattering to the point of dust mixed with living water that makes clay. And clay in the potter's hands can make something brand new. It's when you get to his feet and you lay your burdens there you are able to start to that healing process and he takes you somewhere else and those cycles begin to change in your life and he, because he cares about you and he hears you. If you'll stand with me, I wanna pray over us tonight. Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for who you are and how much you love us, how much you loved us to the point of sending your son to come close to us so we could have communion with you, Jesus. Jesus, we lay our burdens at your feet, our wounds and our disappointments. God, I just pray right now, if there's places in each of these people's heart right now, if there's disappointments that they're walking through, if there's physical um, illness that they're walking through, if there is areas of their life that they have hoped for and prayed for, breakthroughs that they have been believing for that haven't come to pass for themselves or for someone else, God, that they would see those things and they'd be able to place them at your capable feet and hands, Lord. We thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, I ask that you bring peace, that you bring peace into the hearts of our people that you bring, bring your anointing down on all of our people to where they are able to look to you, Jesus, that they are able to cast their burdens on you, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. This is all it's about. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. 
It's the whole reason we're here is to serve you and get to your feet and spend our days with you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that these that every single person in our congregation would be able to pour out their love on your feet, Jesus, and that you would begin to pour out more of your love on them. That as you are doing that, that cycles in their life start to change, that they're able to help other people around them see you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We love you, Jesus. We love you. It's all about you. And we give you all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We'll see you on Sunday. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.